Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, and I'm joined with Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Slice on Twitter. And Guile? Hi, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. We're going to be discussing Eddard's seventh chapter in A Game of Thrones and all the usual trigger warnings for rape and violence. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right in. Uh, we begin with Ned viewing Sir Hugh's body as Sir Barristan finishes standing vigil. Um, he's kind of wondering internally whether the Lannisters had him killed, you know, before Ned could speak to him about John Aaron's death. Um, he tells the silent sister who's there that she's tending to the dead um, to send his armor back to his mother. And they're kind of discussing, you know, it's very valuable. And Barristan mentions, you know, he had a lot of debt, um, you know, probably left on that armor because he'd just gotten it. Um, and Ned tells her that he's going to let, I guess, let the mom know that he's going to pay the remaining debt that's owed to the armor. Um, and we got a question that ties into this from Aruna22 from subreddit. Um, would you want your, the armor your child died in? I mean, it seems like that that would be like a sort of honorable thing to have. I mean, not that it's the, the amazing thing that he died for here, which Ned comments on, but seems reasonable. I mean, yeah. I mean, it has some value. I don't and, see why not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I've got the medals my father got in the service. I mean, oh, that's a good point. That's a good parallel. Yeah, like keeping a uniform. I mean, a lot of people. Keep granted, that. a suit of armor is a lot bigger, but uh, people had bigger houses. <laughs> you just stick it up in the corner. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I could see if the family was. I mean, it sounds like they were they. I don't know if they were well off or not. I mean, you could. It sounds horrible to say this, but if you needed money, it could be sold if they need. Yeah. Money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if he didn't pay yeah. for all of it, well, I guess yeah. that is covering yeah. the bill. So sort of like a severance, I guess it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> this um, you know, there's not too much. I don't know if there's anything in that little kind of, that was our first sort of scene and they're walking towards, um, you know, the King's pavilion to find Robert who's drinking and yelling when they come in as two young squires, Tyrick and Lancel. Uh, Ned makes a mental note that uh, there's too many ambitious Lannisters around the King right now. And um, Robert complains that Cersei, you know, about the scene where Cersei tried to forbid him from fighting in the melee. And um, Robert is, suggesting that Lyanna wouldn't have humiliated him. And Ned tells him that he never knew Lyanna as he did. And the quote is, you saw her beauty, but not the iron underneath. She would have told you that you have no business in the melee, which is another question that ties in from waxed paper door from the subreddit. Uh, do you think that's a little bit of a meta statement from George in these early chapters, that there's more to the story and the characters and how they appear in Westerosi society or at first glance in the book? Well, I mean, I also feel like maybe Ned is like not maybe remembering Liana because Liana, I feel like would do whatever the hell she wanted to. She's the one that like, you know, suited up and, and join the joust just to like try to beat up those squires that were hassling Howland Reed. Like, I don't know that Liana wouldn't have been like, yeah, sure. Join them, you know, do what you want. You do you like, I never thought about that. You know, I mean, I, you know, I think they're, you know, I think 
Robert is absolutely idealizing her, but I also think Ned is kind of forgetting that, you know, she was super wild. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. She ran both. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Ned and putting like, her in a traditional role. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. When she was a very, you know, non-traditional girl, and they, yeah. they very well might not have had a happy marriage because it seems like, frankly, her and Robert seem like maybe a little bit alike, and you know that doesn't <laughs> necessarily make for the happiest of relationships. But you know, I, yeah, I, you know, Ned. I mean, I also, you know, Ned's also trying to use that, use the Liana card to talk him out of it, too. So who knows how genuine Ned is being in this moment. Oh, yeah, that's true. He could have just been, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Using his just dead like, sister. whatever I can do to get him not to go out there, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as, you know, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's anything particular statement, but I mean, I guess his, his whole book as a whole is kind of foreshadowing. <laughs> Like the, the hand, well, I mean, you think of like, yeah. oh, we meet the handsome prince Joffrey, but he's, you know, a total yeah. asshole. Yeah, that's the, you basically know, the beautiful everybody. queen is, you know, yeah. horrible. And the, you know, the joust, the, you know, the fantastic tourney actually is, you know, full of garbage, you know? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Robert rages at Barristan. Um, when Barristan, it's kind of funny part, Barristan points out that it wouldn't be a fair fight because, you know, it's, you know, I wonder why nobody said that to him the night before, you know, no one would dare to strike the king in a melee. So obviously he's not going to get hurt. And then, and then like, it's just the, the whole, I could just, he did a really good job of writing the scene. So he throws a bre- breastplate at him and like roars for him to get out. He tells Ned to remain and says, damn you, Ned Stark. You and John Aaron, I loved you both. What have you done to me? You were the one who should have been king, you and jo- or John. I told you to drink, not to argue. You made me king. You could at least have the courtesy to listen when I talk, damn you. Look at me, Ned. Look at what the king has done to me. God's too fat for my armor. How did it ever come to this? Um, and he's, you know, he's drink and stay quiet. The king is talking. I swear to you, I was never so alive as when I was winning this throne or so dead now that I've won it. You know, and he kind of goes on more about, continues about Cersei. And it's kind of this sort of morose. Yeah, you gotta, you feel a little bit sorry for him. Well, um, he's and like, telling the truth. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> for himself well and like (laughs) ned you know he basically tells ned that he would want to go off to essos and be a sellsword but that joffrey's such a shit show that he doesn't want him on the throne and like ned this would be a great moment to be like hey by the way i'm really concerned that the lannisters tried to kill my son and are plotting against you yeah like like, this seems like a really good opening to have that conversation with robert you know good point Yes. I think it's like Ned wants to be totally sure of what's going on, which I get because like, you know, sometimes you come in with supposition and you think it's all sound and then it turns out to, not to be. And I guess the stakes are really high. But, yeah, it seems like this would be a good point to like start sharing some like, stuff. That's yeah, a pretty big admission because it sounds like he's saying my kid is really dark. You know, this is more yeah. than just like you know, not being adjusted and being a teenager, he's dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, go on. Is it like, like sometimes like, you know, your friend starts confiding how horrible their spouse is. <laughs> oh, and if yeah. you say something, it <laughs> yeah. can go really wrong. I don't know. Who's well, it? He's like, Oh, you know, remember how you wild you were. And he's not like, he's like, no, this is not, he's that. not listening to him like <laughs> yeah. about what the actual, like, you know, yeah. it's not that he's wild. It's, you know, that he's a sadist basically. That he's fine opening up cats. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Like, God. you know, that, 
and you know that he was gonna try to carve up that you know Micah like there's yeah. and you know I think doesn't Robert also admit that he you know you know kind of was totally wrong about the um you know what happened oh, on the King's yeah. Road and he, you know, yeah, like yeah, knew Joffrey was lying and stuff and yeah he do- he pretty much flat out apologized he said I'm sorry for what happened with Sansa yeah and the wolves you know the wolf jeez yeah. They kind of like go from that to, you know, it's kind of interesting too. It seems like it's kind of a weird, I don't know if that pinged on anybody else, but transition that he goes from maybe it's just him, his underlying nature is more, I say positive or just more of like a kind of carefree type of personality. But he just, you could see that point where he just turns and is like, okay everything's you know let's talk about better things you know and then he starts talking about when they were young and that's sort of sad too because the fondest memories of when they're younger so you get this impression of this guy who's like okay well i can't make sense of what's going on in my current life and i'm miserable so i'm just gonna kind of yeah i'm just gonna sit with the past yeah yeah and it's you know as much as ren as much as Renly, you know, was in the marjorie thing for himself and the tyrells like Mm -hmm. in some ways you know you know, in some ways, Robert, like, you know, maybe, a, you know, a different, a different wife, uh, you know, might have, hel- you know, might have helped him. Like, Robert's not beyond, yeah. you know, redemption. he's not, yeah, he's not beyond redemption at all. I mean, hell, even if someone would have told, you know, even if Ned was like, you know, I met what you're, you know, I met this bastard of yours, and he's like, looks just like you, super strong, you know, seems like a really great kid, like, even that, I feel like, would have given Robert, like, a little spark of interest in his current life a little bit. And, I mean, yeah. there's obviously no reason why Ned would, you know, it's a very dangerous thing for yeah. Ned and for the for Gendry at that point. But, you know. It's probably it's good like that anything. that didn't happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, you can kind of see where if someone gave, you know, someone gave that to Robert, that would have, you know, oh, wow. Okay. You know, because, like, at that age, you know, Gendry's age, again, like. It's beyond the fact where Robert would have to do any actual parenting. He would just sort of get to revel in the fact that he's got this big, strong boy, you know, which is really all he wants. But, I mean, it'd be something for him. I'm wondering, though, I mean, the thing is, is, like, Robert's a grown man. And it just seems like Robert is sort of, like, lazy about a lot of this stuff because I have to believe that if he were more self-motivated that he could have found a way to maybe make – more of his life than he did. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, you know, he gets, he drinks I mean, that's too. Why, he, he's just yeah. like out of control and he's beating and raping his wife. And as awful as his wife is, yeah. she doesn't deserve that. And, you know, he lets somebody else kind of take charge and bitches about the choices the other person made. But it wasn't yeah. like there was a gun to his head saying, you know, I mean, our gun, a sword, you know, like he could have not married Cersei. I mean, I mean that would have been really hard, tragic, but he could have, right? and he probably could have done other things that he would have enjoyed more. He just didn't want to take the time to do that. And that's why he's a tragic, you know, he's, yeah. he's a tragic human character. Like we talked a lot when we did our cat chapters about like, you know, cats failings are like extremely human and understandable. And I feel like Robert's very much the same way where his failings are you know, so extremely human and therefore, you know, pretty, you know, pretty relatable. Yeah, because he's basically in this speech admitting that, yeah, I, 
And he, and he says that at the end, like he says, you know, Ar- just say it. Ares was a better king, meaning, okay, I'm just good. And you know what I mean? I'm just barely good yeah. enough to be, oh, okay. Ares makes me look good. <laughs> God. And, you know, um, so I think Ned, like at the end of it, Ned starts smiling and relaxing and he's kind of like, oh, okay. You know, I'm starting, he gets a little nervous when the tourney's about to re- resume, but I think they kind of end things on an okay note after breakfast and, you know, Robert's calmed down. So uh, he's agreed to watch the final tilts with Sansa. So he arrives, you know, there and during the first, um, I guess they would say tilt, what the word would be, um, Sandor unseats Jamie from his horse, you know, on just the second pass. Um Sansa kind of says, I knew that, you know, knew that. And she kind of whispers, I get the sense, like, not loud, but just says, no, I knew the Hound would win. And um, is that, I, I forgot if I note, because I don't have my notes. I don't know if this is the point where Jamie, they're kind of laughing. It's kind of humiliating. I don't know if this is it. Yeah, or his, his, okay. yeah. his helmet helm gets got dented stuck. in. They, yeah, they God. can't get it off. So he's. I forgot. Like, <laughs> they were like hooting, they said. Hooting and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very funny chapter in general. In some parts, and horrifying, but I mean, there's some funny bits. <laughs> Um, Sir Gregor uh, is up next um, and Ned's watching him and you know he we get this kind of internal thought where he's this kind of background where we get some information dark information about um, Ned can't recall ever speaking to him even though they'd written you know he'd written together with him Balan Greyjoy's Rebellion um, he thinks about these ominous rumors like that he had two wives that were dead service that disappear and they can't find them and um, you know, his abusive the dogs to the are yes. afraid to go in the hall yeah, and stuff. And his his sister had some sort of unfortunate mm-hmm. death. And yeah, I know they don't say this unusual circumstances. And yeah. obviously, the fire that he knew about the fire that disfigured Sandor. Um, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty horrific picture. Um, and then the Knight of Flowers enters, and the same thing. Like we talked about the armor, like it's shining silver armor, this filigree and sapphire forget-me-nots, and his cloak is so over-the-top amazing. It's like woven from real forget-me-nots, and it's like flowing. You know, it's on his shoulders, and then they say he's riding that um, beautiful slim gray mare. I mean, it, <laughs> I am really curious about how that would actually work. Like, <laughs> I was we need about, the animated like, version. We need this. I, I just know, like, sure. I mean, like Did you ever watch Project Runway? Yeah. Uh, I was I thinking about the first season where they had to like, like go into challenges. a grocery store and somebody made a dress out of corn silk. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, how do you like show oh. all these for? I mean, there's a backstory there. I mean. <laughs> how did he come up with that? Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I can just imagine how much, like, Sir Gregor hated seeing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole crowd, obviously, is going to oh. be rooting for Loras. And, you know, like, he's, yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, they begin. And, you know, it's kind of this really abrupt beginning. And Gregor's, like, just angry because his horse is, like, already uncontrollable. And he's, like, kicking him savagely. And he's almost, like, immediately knocked off. And the force brings down his horse as well. Um, he rises in a rage because oh, they're all applauding. We were talking about for Loris and um, this point that's so horrifying. Like, oh God, he killed the horse very violently. Um, he moves towards Loris with his sword. And, you know, there's all this. It's kind of chaos. Ned's shouting. Um, he knocks Loris from the saddle. Um, horse runs away. Luckily, this horse ran away. Um, yeah right god and then he lifts the killing blow and sandor kind of comes in and wrenches him away and catches the blow and they're sort of hammering at each other and 
um, other people are helping Loris to safety until, you know, Robert stops it all finally by yelling, stop the madness in the name of your king. Um, and, you know, it's kind of crappy. I guess I felt like he should have gotten, I guess they just let him do whatever he wants, but they just let the mountain go. Like, yeah. I'm like, you guys killed a horse. I don't know. It's kind of shitty. Well, Andy just tried to kill, yeah, kill the yeah. horse Tyrell. And he killed the guy like, the day before, yeah. Which would have a lot of serious political consequences, yeah. yeah it's like, jeez. Um, uh, and, you know, Loris kind of walks back onto the... Like, they're like, oh, is there going to another be another... Ned's thinking, like, who's left to fight? And, like, Loris walks on just as a, to Sandor. I owe you my life. The day is yours, sir. Um, Hound responds, I'm no sir. Um but he takes the victory in the champion's purse and the crown cheers for him finally as he left. I like uh, that note. Like it was like the first time he had ever, you know, would have ever heard the cheers of the crowd yes, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. Like he didn't get like the, you know, he didn't crown anyone. I mean, it would have been gross. Oh. Like, <laughs> like who's his, you know, who does he give his crown to and oh, stuff? God. Right. Oh, Cause God. I mean, imagine net for this is a net <clears throat> POV. So just imagine if he would have given it to Sansa, Ned would have just like lost his shit. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Yeah. It's just a shit show. Um, and then, you know, they talk about, you know, I think we get a sense of that early in, but they do explain that, um, it's from little finger Barristan and Renly's kind of little discussion that Ned overhears as they're walking back that, that stallion was in heat and it was kind of like a cheater thing to do. Um, Which yeah, it so in. seems out of character for Loris to have done that, you know? Yeah, it's a little, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah, that's what it's we not, know for later yeah, on. I mean, hmm. I would think it's not like losing to the mountain and the joust is some like shameful thing. Like, yeah. you know, he's clearly going to win a lot. You know, he's going to win a lot of the time and Loris is one tourney. So it, it's like, what was, you know, what made, and it's like, they don't need the money. So like, what's making, like, what would cause him to be. And I doubt it was self-preservation so because I don't well, think Mountain would have killed him. You is know? this, a, right. it's in this chapter that, I mean, one of the things Robert mentions is Marjorie. I think they're already trying to angle in. Oh, like if Loris won, would he have like you know, brought forth, Mar- like, was Marjorie in King's Landing? I don't know. Been- or, But, I mean, oh. like, I'm wondering, though, if there's some political angle we're just missing or something. Like, it does seem like they're already, they're quietly, posi- that family is quietly trying to position itself. Well, I least. mean, they've told Robert about her. Yeah, and Robert actually, as far as he knows, I mean, he speaks favorably about her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just thought. Maybe that was part of it. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe, I mean, Loris does seem to know. I mean, like, he's aware of how to position himself. And he's aware of the role of the crowd. I mean, he's also an idealist. But I don't know. I don't know where that all plays in. Sorry, I threw something in and then totally discounted it. So I don't know. No, that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) That's the discussion. Um, At the feast, uh, Ned is later... Like, Ned is feeling more hopeful because there's no Lannisters or nowhere to be seen. Um, Robert's in good humor now. Um, Sansa's being pleasant to Arya um, after she comes back from, in quotes, dancing. Um, and later afterwards, he asks Arya how her lessons with Sirio Pharrell are going. Um, you know, he's she's kind of going back and forth with this. And she's talking about her bruises and he's going to have her catch cats. And, you know, he's kind of... Um, having his own internal doubts about her, his teaching style. And he does ask her, like, are you sure you want to go on with the lesson? She's yeah, just only Syria. And um, we got a question from Aruna 22, um, Aruna 22 subreddit. 
Ned seems a bit snob towards Sirio's training. Your wild daughter is entertaining herself, doing cartwheels and tiring herself out instead of fighting the prince. Be thankful and give the man a raise. <laughs> She's got a point. Or they've got a point. <laughs> I never thought of it from that perspective. Like, you know, when people let their kids run around like crazy so that they'll take a nap. Well, it's like the, you know, a tired dog is a good dog. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, definitely the non-traditional uh, learning style. <laughs> um, and he's back in his tower later that night. Um, he's mulling over Littlefinger's dagger and, you know, considering why anyone would want to, again, why anyone would want to kill Bran. Um, he feels like it's tied to, you know, obviously a murder of John Aaron, but the truth, you know, he feels like this, this truth is clouded. Um, he thinks of Gendry, and that sort of like leads him into a thought where we get a little bit of information about his uh, firstborn Maya in the Vale, and you know, and that's kind of also gives us a little. I, I don't know if we've gotten it before. This is the first time it gives us sort of like more humanizes also Robert that like he's very young because they say that Maya was eighteen and Robert was not even her age when he had her. So yeah, and yeah. but he was still like it seemed like he you know visited her and played with her, which is on you like I wouldn't have thought you know that's sort of until I read that, I would, you know, first reading the series, I've been like, oh, Robert wouldn't have done that, but it's kind of cool. Um, uh, he wonders why Cersei felt threatened, you know, with the other baseborn children because they have few rights. Um, so there wasn't any, he was, you know, he's trying to mull over this in his head. Um, there's a knock on the door. Uh, he doesn't rec- recognize the man at first, um, but then he, once the door's closed, very reveals himself um, and informs him that he's doomed unless he saves Robert, <laughs> like Ned himself. And um, he's taken aback by the suggestion that Queen was involved, at, you know, at this point, because um, he thinks hey, Cersei didn't want him to fight, and Varys points out that forbidding him to do something is a surefire way to get him to do it. Um, Ned's angry at Varys that he didn't tell him of the plot sooner, and in Varys' counterpoints, that Ned would have immediately run and told Robert. And he kind of he proves his point by insisting that Robert must now be told, um, and he's like, Mary's like, what proof do we have? Like, we can't just go there, you know, might as well get Sir Ellen over here to chop off our heads if we're going to go that route. And, um, I guess I'll read this little, I hadn't read much, but I'll read this section right here. Cause I thought, um, it was all too much for a moment. Eddard Stark wanted nothing so much as to return to Winterfell to clean, to clean simplicity of the North where the enemies were winter and wildlings beyond the wall. Surely Robert has other loyal friends. He protested his brothers, his Wife, fairies finished with a smile that cut. His brothers hate the Lannisters, true enough, but hating the queen and loving the king are not quite the same thing, are they? Sir Barristan loves his honor, Grandmaster Pycelle loves his office, and Littlefinger loves Littlefinger. The king's <laughs> guard? Um, a paper shield, the eunuch said. Try not to look so shocked, Lord Stark. Jamie Lannister is himself a sworn brother of the White Swords, and we all know what his oath is worth. The day. Yeah, shut up, Barry. I know, I know, <laughs> God! <laughs> <laughs> days when men like Ryman, Redwin, Redwine, and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight wore the white cloak are gone to dust and song. Of these seven, only Sir Barristan and Selmy is made of the true steel, and Selmy is old. Sir Boris and Sir Marin are the queen's creatures to the bone, and I have deep suspicions of the others. No, my lord, when the swords come out in earnest, you will be the only true friend that Robert Baratheon will have. Um, which, and ending this section, we have a question. Eddard, um, uh, sorry, from Danny Buck from Discord. So how much of Varys' and Littlefinger's plot has George Martin got in mind at this point? Mm. So we got a lot of information there. Well, 
I mean, I think he, you know, Arya's going to overhear that discussion, right? Or has she already heard? Well, no, because she's not, she's going to be hunting for cats, and she's going to overhear that discussion between Illyrio and Varys, and they're, they're, you know, definitely, like, wanting to delay anything happening for a few years. Hmm. So, I mean, I think he already has some of it, you know, some of it in mind, um, is Varys basically, I mean, Varys is giving him the truth and fairly sound advice, I feel like, at this point. Yeah. Whether he knows whether... The like, depth of what Peter's up to. Like, yeah. he doesn't... I don't, like, think, I don't know that he... Yeah, I don't think that he's aware of any, you know, Peter shit. I mean, I think he's aware that Peter is doing stuff and Peter has ambitions for Peter. Yeah, Does right. he know the breadth of it? I don't think yeah, so. Or the depth of so it, either. I should say. No. Um, and Pycelle is sort of, you know, he is what he He's a known commodity, basically, of all yeah, of I, I, plotters. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of hidden depths to yeah. him. I mean, whereas I think Peter has got... I, I think Peter lucks out a lot, frankly, but I mean, I think his ambitions are probably greater than what Varys suspects. And I think what he's actually accomplished are greater than what Varys suspects. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense for him to have plotted this out. That would be easier. If he did yeah. Do that yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it I think is probably plotted out, but I do think some of this gets changed up. Okay. He decides a little bit. I suspect. And uh, as Varys leaves, Robert asks him how John. And this ties into like, okay, how much does you know Varys kind of giving him false information, or does he really think? Okay, so Varys, um, uh, Rob, sorry, Ned asks him of how John Aaron died. Varys responds, "I was wondering when you get around to that." Um, and he says he used the tears of lease, and probably was given by someone trusted. Um, and here he suggests Sir Hugh. Um, and, you know, obviously we know that's, you know, later. Um, he's the only one from the Erie who remains. So he's sort of laying this out there. And is he doing this? And, you know, does he not know? Or is he intentionally giving him a red herring? Or, um, you know, because he's like, that's like, why kill John Aaron now after 14 years? And various response asking questions. Uh uh, we did get a question from subreddit about that. Aruna22. Ned's surprised that Varys didn't trust him. It's hilarious. And why does he keep talking um, to these, taking these shady people? Littlefinger, Pycelle, Varys at face value. Pretty sure Eliza did not use the squire to poison her husband and just did it herself, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, this is, it sounds like this is just. I think you take people at face value if you're, like, honestly, I, I work, there's a couple people in, in my working life who are not nearly as crazy or as duplicitous <laughs> as the people I want to, I want to emphasize that. Um, but I've worked with some people who are not exactly honest about, you know, and sometimes will use things to their advantage. And I have found that over and over, I take them at their word because you know what, that's how I am. Yeah. And then, like, I'll sit back after and go, well, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. But I think that's what happens. I mean, you yeah. don't think that you're talking to an evil genius. Yeah. I mean, you just yeah. don't. I mean, well, maybe you do, but I don't. I also kind of wonder how much of this had been plotted out by George. Oh, like, in terms of, like, because this really <laughs> reads, like, you yeah. read this, this reads like a mystery. And, yeah. like, how much of this, like, did he know? 
for sure that he was going to have Lysa be the one to kill. Because part of this this whole plot yeah. gets like abandoned later on. I mean, it's not. So yeah. So would Gregor? Did Gregor know, or did Gregor just kill somebody because there was somebody to kill, or was Gregor told to kill this guy? And did they just conveniently? I'm inclined to think Gregor was told to kill the guy. I'm just I'm questioning if if Martin like had I mean, it all plotted honestly, out. Honestly, doesn't it make you think was John Aaron double poisoned? Like Lysa was poisoning <laughs> him, and at the same time Cersei oh, was also poisoning him via Sir Hugh. And then had Gregor kill Sir Hugh. Yeah, they probably should have had him kill us sooner. I don't know if it just wasn't an opportunity. We think. They yeah, could. so like yeah. he's double, you know, like double plot. Yeah. And funny maybe that means like that he would be funny. Put... Not funny. Well, but, and yeah. it's like Martin writing two possibilities and <laughs> yeah. then you know Deci- oh, deciding okay. which one it was like two books later. Yeah. And then just figuring people wouldn't be analyzing it or, you know. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't analyze it until we did this <laughs> chapter. You know, I'm like, going to give us like, like 20 years to analyze this shit. <laughs> oh, God. Who's laughing now, George? <laughs> None of us. None of us are laughing. Oh, God. So I think we have a few more questions for, for General about this chapter. Do. <laughs> um, wax paper door wanted to know um, in an alternate universe where Robert lives and discovers that Ned can actually lie for love, if not honor, how would he react to the truth about Liana or would his obsession with his own version of him, of her blind him to the reality of the situation? I'm inclined to think the latter. Uh, but. Well, you mean like, is it just what would Robert have like, what would Robert have done about like a grown John? I don't know. I mean, if like, I'm assuming, and I, I wax paper door, I apologize if I get this wrong. I am assuming that what they mean is like, let's say. Would he stop idealizing her? Like in his head? Like, would he find Yeah, except I honestly, I I, I legit don't know. I mean, I have, I have questions. I know fandom likes the idea that she ran off and was fully consenting, but I've never totally believed that. Hmm. Um, so maybe that's that, that she's got a son and I, would he blame her? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, I. It's, you but know, more inclined to think John is dead. Yeah, but I mean, and then you know, John himself. John himself is so much like Ned that I have, yeah. feel like Robert would have a you know a fifteen or sixteen year old John. I I don't know that Robert would, you know, if Robert took five minutes to meet him it'd be like meeting Ned. So I feel like it'd be kind of hard for Robert to really take that out on John. So I don't know. Aryuna 22 asks, do we know what happened? I'm going to butcher this name um, to Angui. A-N-G-U-Y. The guy who the archery competition, all the other knights mentioned Thoros, Balin, Swan, um, Beric and well, Darian. It could come back later, so I'm wondering if he does too. He does. He does, and then we he's in the Brotherhood, but then he seems to be part of the Brotherhood that has broken off from no. the mm. current batch. So he's in like we assume he's with like the Ned Dane faction of the Brotherhood, yeah. wherever they are. Like so I kind of feel like he you know, I think he, he absolutely is gonna make a comeback. He will show up next in a storm of sorts. And then he's in Feast, or mentioned in Feast, I believe. Um, and then I'd be shocked if we don't see him in Wins. Yeah. But didn't uh, he, like, drink and party all of his money? 
<laughs> Sorry, the brother. Uh, I think he does. I think he he wins a lot, and then he like yeah, he spends it. I'm re- looking at the wiki now. He spends it like on the brothels um, and stuff. The brothels and I Bruce, love that that's in there. I love it. He spends his wine on I don't know these names: Jade, Alaya, <laughs> Dancy, uh, and then Rose Swan, Arbor Wine, and other lavish except uh, Rose Swan really. God. Um, but yeah, we do know a little bit about what happens to him. Cool. And then um, Wax Paper Door asks, um, does George sit at his desk while he's writing and drop in little hints that are more like giant air horns or foreshadowing? That's going in the description. Um, and just chuckles <laughs> to himself as he does it. I feel he does, especially when Sansa spends her time in this chapter listening to a troop of singers perform a complex round of interwoven ballads called Dance of Dragons. George, please. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I love those like world within the world moments of of that though. And that is what we have for mail. <laughs> yeah, I think he totally does that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe he does it too much. Maybe he should get to writing and stuff too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you could reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com submit questions um, to the chapter threads in the Jamie and Brand subreddit uh, and follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Uh, please like review and subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google play, Stitcher, all the places you listen. And uh, please support us on Patreon at close the door. I'm closing the door. Get out.